You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 452 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Mr. Seth Miller. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. It's uh, Monday morning when we're recording this. Kind of a little behind, but we're catching up. Yeah. Can I blame my jet lag? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Sweet. <laughs> um, all allowed. Uh, A350 1000 cabins on Jow. New ones. We get new ones. And Just announced this morning Japan time. So very excited. Um, it actually is interesting. So they've done four class airplane, uh, six first class suites, which is still a reasonably big cabin. Uh, I believe 54 business class. <laughs> also a big cabin. And then 24 premium economy. Um, the the first class suite is, as one would expect, somewhat absurd. Yep. Uh, so it's like two rows of one, one, one. It's a three person suite. Why is this becoming like the new trend? So it's not. I and I don't believe that's for taxi takeoff landing, but uh, it is a eighty inch long bed. It's a forty three inch screen. Uh, if you look at it, the primary seat has like love seat width. It's you know a very wide main side that becomes the bed, and a separate seat that you can also fold down if you want like sort of additional space. But it's almost like the old Lufthansa seat and bed combination, which you know they did because they didn't have they were trying to make a two two into a first class product. Yeah. Uh, upstairs on their 747s, right? But it's set up that you could have one person sit in the seat, one person sit on the seat side of the bed, and one person sit on the ottoman side of the bed, and there's three seat belts installed. Um, Obviously, if someone's sitting on the ottoman, well, not obviously, but if someone's sitting on the ottoman side, you can't use the TV or their head is in front of it. But it's a 43-inch screen, (laughs) which I've seen like on the displays from Panasonic and Safran and whatever, all the different companies. I assume it's Safran since it's their seats also. Um, I've seen those screens and you sort of look at them and shake your head like what what will we ever use this for but it turns out they're putting it in a real uh, in a in a seat the other thing that's interesting about it is it in, uses the euphony euphony e-u-p-h-o-n-y mm-hmm. audio system and what this is they come up with a way to put speakers in the headrest and it's like it plays your music or your audio without requiring headphones. Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly good. Have you tried it? I tried it on a demo model at a trade show last year. And it and it worked well? Yeah, they had and they had it set up like they played background noise on the plant like they like set up a, a, you know, a room with the foam pad foam, foam walls. They walked you in, it, it wasn't this seat. They put us in a seat, uh somewhere to a business class. Uh, and like you could sit in it and I actually did the test with someone else. So we took turns mm-hmm. and like they played background noise in the room to simulate cabin sounds Yeah, of like just engine running and whatnot. And then had us take turns sitting in the seat and you sort of flip the headrest flaps out and they have speakers in them. Hmm. It was nifty. That is nifty. I mean, I, we've talked about it. I think I've talked about it. Um, A350 that I've, I've, I've been on a couple now. It is a surprisingly quiet airplane. Like, yeah, very quiet. 
I had that same experience. I think I I had that flying across last week on the my LA London flight. Foz and I talked about that a little bit last week. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's weird, right? And so this actually makes some sense. I, I would be interested to see if it works on like a triple seven with the GE nineties or something, like with big engines that it's not insulated, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean. I imagine it would work on the 787 since I flew that home and it was also very quiet. Yeah, true, true. Um, so it's interesting. So this is another thing. Um, they also have a, a, a monitor at the seat that you can communicate with the the um, flight attendants through. Like a video? Yeah. In first class only. Yeah, that's what I need, right? Uh, um, and it, it Japan Airlines, to be fair, is one of the few airlines where like they encourage you to hit the call button. Yeah, very much. And those flight attendants just like leave you alone. So I kind of get it. Um, and then the new business class seat looks kind of like what everybody else is doing a little. Yeah, so it's it's staggered. Um, one of the interesting things about the stagger is that it's it's, it's never not, together. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out a way to say it. it's not inside outside inside outside. It's left right left right. Yep. So the pairs in the middle set, you never are sitting next to your travel companion. That's an interesting choice. Um, I, I mean, not that it really matters, I guess, but like if you put the dividing wall down, you probably could still reach across and hold hands or something. But uh, there's that. And they expect that bags will be stored under the ottoman. Mm-hmm. Where they, show, they show a picture of a, it's not a full, full size, but like an international size Ramoa, I think, in one of the pictures. So they expect bags to go under there. Um, there's, it looks like there's only overheads on the outboard, not in the center. I think they openly stated that in the release too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so create some more spacious cabin. I, I'm, I'm mixed on this. I mean, I'm glad this cabin feels spacious, but at the same time, I don't want to wait for people's bags, you know, find a place for them. If United did this, it'd be a complete disaster. But anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> listen, I had this conversation with someone the other day. I was, you know, slight tangent here, but I was in LA watching the E-gate boarding, scan your mm-hmm. boarding pass, walk on the plane. Yep. And they had agents at each of the E-gates helping people scan their boarding pass because Americans are idiots. I don't know. Um, and someone's like, oh no, it's a problem everywhere, both this and that. And I was like, nope. Watched it in Lisbon, watched it in London. People figured it out. Like, one of them didn't work in Lisbon, and that was a problem. Yeah. Um, and then in the new terminal at Newark, they tried to use them also. And again, one of, in that case, actually, one of them seemed to be broken. And the flight and the gate agent was like, no, nah, it's working. Just use it. Just use it. And everyone's like, but really, it's not working. And like, there's quality Newark uh, customer service experience. I just walked around and scanned in on the regular thing. <laughs> also, that way, there's not a camera pointing at me during boarding, but yes. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the business class, I mean, it's a big business class cabin. It looks, it's split up. Yeah. When you like look at it, it's in the middle, basically it's the whole middle of the airplane from the yeah. first third to the rear, almost ha- like I would say behind the rear half of the airplane. Does it, get, does it go past the wing? Yeah. It looks like it does. It's, it's right at the end of the wing. Yeah. So, and then you do premium economy and then you do economy. So premium yeah. economy, two, four, two, uh, three rows of that. It's a uh, articulating seat with a fixed shell. Yep. Which I kind of like. That's nice. I generally prefer it. There was a version of this that uh, Air France flew many years ago that was not good. Okay. This one looks a little better to me. It's uh, electrically electrical controls. Oh, so it's not like spring. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more 
you know, good news, bad news is like it should work a little better, more options, but also uh, see how it lasts. Um, and there's, I swear I saw one picture that showed the leg rest all the way up. Kind of looks like it in one of the photos. Yeah. Like it goes 90 degrees to position yourself as you wish. Yeah. But it's not a, like a flatbed. It just, if you did that, you would have no, like, I don't know where your feet go. Right. Maybe you're very <laughs> short or you're sitting cross-legged. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people do weird things in seats to sleep, but you know, this would be a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, and then there's an economy cabin that's three, three, three. Yeah, very small, actually, like surprisingly small. Yeah, you still fit 100 seats back there, though. Yeah, 150, 155. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is more than what's on the triple seven, 300 yours. Yeah, so you, they, they're still fitting plenty of people on board. Yeah, 239 total compared to the triple seven 300 yards, which is 244. So yeah, five more people. But I, I, I'd say the most disappointing part of their coach is their economy cabin is it's not 242 like it was or is on the 787s. No, but three 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 is standard on the three fifty. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and two four two is only on some of their seven eighty sevens, right? Yeah, I think it's the nine. Uh, it's like a subfleet of the nines and a subfleet of the eights. Yeah, that's like. Which reminds me, I need to go. I need to go look at what's flying on the Narita Boston route and get a seat assignments on that. Yeah, seven eighty seven dash nine, I think. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it's what I took. It's what I took. I took the <clears throat> dash nine to. Bangor, from Bangalore to Tokyo, and then I took an eight from Tokyo to Seattle. Yeah, and it, they were both they both had two four two in the back. So it, I mean, it looked it looks comfy. It looks comfy. Like it's probably the most comfortable economy that you could have on a long haul flight. So yeah, um, I think it looks it's interest. I, it's an interesting seat. I, I'm guessing it's going to start at Heathrow and JFK first. That's probably like because they're going to get two planes this year. I think. Yeah, I thought it said New York would be first. So yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So um, yeah, I can we talk about that real quick? There, they have another Haneda flight to JFK that leaves at like one in the morning. Okay, they have, two, they have, so they have three Tokyo flights a day at a JFK. To like an eleven o'clock, a one o'clock, and a one o'clock. Yeah, so it's like two. It's like Narita and, and Haneda. Haneda leave at the same time. Okay, at, like one in the afternoon or something, and then um, the then they have this like midnight or one a.m. flight. Yeah, because the one o'clock flight lands. In Japan around 1 o'clock from New York. Yeah. 12 hour flight, 12 hour time difference, plus or minus. Um, so that, that one makes sense. Good for being there, good for connections, etc. Um, the I guess the middle of the night one is more for people. Either it's feeding or feeding from the late night bank. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's more people just going to Tokyo. Yeah. I think, and I think flight times have been adjusted recently. Because like, I think right now it's scheduled... Like they actually released when they're going to fly it, so it'll be on the uh, JL five, uh, New York to Tokyo, departing New York at one forty five p.m. but arriving at five fifteen p.m. the next day. So I think that's because of having to route. They can't route polar. Oh, yeah. You know that makes me wonder what my. I should check some things. <laughs> so yeah, like flight times, you should check. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah, I I, I think the cabin looks nice. I mean, obviously. Unlike that, being the first class part of it ever, but uh, so I, I've flown gel in first. Uh, I did a mileage redemption and flew, flew them uh, out of JFK actually uh, to yeah. Narita. Um, I liked it. Uh, I mean, besides the fact that I was in like row one seat, whatever the window seat is, and they didn't have my option when they got to me, and I was like the second person to order. So besides that, and the lady was really nice. The flight attendant was really nice about it and like really apologetic. And I was like, it's really no big deal. I don't really care. 
So, uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was good, good, good service, good cabin. I, I liked it. Yeah. Come in eastbound Tokyo to Boston, leaves to- Narita at 630, gets in at 505 to Boston. So that's 12 and a half hours in the air. That one's, that one's 12 and a half and it's a 12 hour time. So the other way is just a weird, huh? I wonder what that's about. Anyway, no big deal. Um, what do we have here? Air France and KLM have got an A350 order. 50 firm? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Even catching up on the notes. Holy crud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and that's on top of another 40-ish that they already had. 50, uh, yeah, 40-ish they already had. They're going to have, I think, 99 in the fleet combined, mm-hmm. making them the largest operator. It's a lot of planes. Yeah. Uh, delivery schedule back half of this decade, so 2026 through 2030. One of the interesting things about it, two of the comments that came up of sort of reason why they picked Airbus over Boeing, one was availability of delivery slots, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought would be a problem for Boeing in the back half of the decade, yep. uh, unless there's just general concern over ability to consistently deliver because, well, Boeing yeah. um, has not shown great uh, consistency there. And oops, oh, by the way, Spirit Aerosystems has a new CEO right now. Today, as of today. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, which is some components for some of these things, but right. Like there's just a lot going on there. Uh, but also uh, they're saying range matters more. They're expecting polar or Russian overflights to remain unavailable for some period of time now. And the A350 at the right capacity and fuel and whatever for the number of seats and where they're trying to go seems to be the right range options and fuel efficiency as well. Hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of planes. Back, yes. The back half of the decade makes some sense to me. I mean, I guess you're kind of waiting. What are they going to retire? Is it mostly the 777? Old 777s, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, they've got a whole bunch of old 200s, if I remember correctly, still flying. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think they do, like, they do a bunch of India destinations. They do, um, I mean, they do a lot of places. I think they even, like, I think they yeah, the CIO city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, the CIO fleet was Caribbean and uh, Indian Ocean, but uh, oh, I got you. Okay, but yes, there are a lot of triple sevens um, that do. Yeah, used the set eighteen of the two hundreds and forty three of the three hundred ERs. So okay, wow. And, and then Air France, what's the, what are they going to? I mean, try that's, that's on the Air France side. Sorry, and those and the two hundreds are twenty three years old on average. So you at can, the end of the decade, yeah, yeah, you can see how in the end of the decade they're pushing thirty, and then those are the ones that go away. Um, KLM, well, yeah, the KLM Asia right now is flying relatively young, two hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got big parent KLM. Uh, they've got thirty two hundred. Uh, sorry, fifteen two hundreds and sixteen three hundred yards. Theirs are a little younger, so I would imagine the first of these goes to Air France. But mm-hmm. I'm surprised Air France won't get rid of some of the three thirties either. That's a little surprising. I mean, they, I think this probably is going to replace some of those too. Okay. Everything old. Um, I mean, let's let's talk about Spirit Aerosystems then. So CEO's out as of today. That took long enough, I think. Uh, Listen, just because they kept, kept delivering things broken to Boeing, that's not a big problem, is it? <laughs> uh, didn't United actually find some of their planes that were affected by this? Uh, you're talking about the rear pressure bulkhead, whatever thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. I haven't seen that headline. I mean, it's... What a mess, honestly. Yes. Anyway, okay. Um, let's talk about Air Canada. More 787s. Yes. Uh, 18-10s. Wow. 
uh, and 12 options. So they, they will be yet another airline that operates all three of the family, which there aren't actually that many airlines who do that, mostly because a lot of airlines are like, ooh, the Dash 8, how cute. No, we don't want that. Uh, yeah. But one of the other interesting things about that is uh, a couple months ago, Air Canada announced an order for triple seven freighters mm-hmm. and those are now two of there were two of them and those are now seven eight seven passenger planes hmm. so uh yeah that's an issue right air canada is converting i think seven six sevens into freighters as well um they are pushing dedicated freighter service once again and seem to be doing it at a time that might not have been ideal for that version of whatever of you know air, is, airline operations is it is it a good time to be a cargo operator? No. Uh-huh. I feel like I feel like even sea freight has dropped off a cliff. So part of it is the economics of like what freight is moving, and part of it is belly cargo is coming back. Yeah. So being a dedicated, uh, being a dedicated aero cargo operator, you know they they did really well for a couple of years when there was no belly freight available, but belly freight carries half of it, and belly freight is very quickly coming back in most of the world. Yeah. Yep. China notwithstanding, or Russia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yes, but Russia was an overflight thing, not necessarily a market. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, uh, like for deliveries, right? How does that? How does it working? Who's operating into Russia right now, carrying cargo? Emirates. Yeah. All the Russians. Cutters. Yeah. Turkish. Indian. I mean, there's. I don't know what area is actually flying in there, but they're flying for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's plenty of options. As long as they keep those planes running, which, you know, every now and then one, sli- one lands in a field, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, you fly it out. Wait till it freezes and you fly it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, can you believe that they didn't notice the landing gear was down on that? No. Like, wouldn't you hear it or feel it? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's Not to mention the you know, three greens. Well, let's assume, like, you know. They weren't oh, looking in the cockpit. Look, it failed, and so let's say the sensors were out. Okay, fair enough. Right, I'll give them the benefit that benefit. Of the doubt, it's, I feel like even if they fell out with gravity, even if even if they fell out with gravity and locked, you would hear all of that. Like lots of air noise. The the, the amount. I, I say this as someone who only sits in the back of the plane. Obviously, I've never sat in the flight that sat on the flight deck, but like you know, if the wheels are up or down, mm-hmm. hear it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't so yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see how they get that thing out of there. The pictures of them like jacking it up above the the mud, yeah, and like it, it's it's kind of fun to watch. It's yeah, they got to replace the nose gear, right? Also, yeah, they're gonna have to replace the nose gear. I, they might have to replace the left side gear as well. I can't, I couldn't tell. It looked like it would, had been bent, but maybe it was just the angle. Yeah. So yeah, wow. Um, these Air Canada orders, they're gonna come over two years, right? Or a year and a half? Yeah. Um. Late 2025 through early 2027. So that's pretty quick deliveries on those, basically one, one-ish a month. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, I, makes me wonder, like, they could deliver, Air, Boeing could deliver those, but not the Air France ones. I'm, I'm skeptical that delivery slots was really the issue for the Air, for the Air France KLM order. Yeah. Do we, do we know how well the uh, MAX line is moving now? Is it actually, like, moving? Uh, not real. I, I don't know what they're building versus what they're delivering, but deliveries are still hamstrung. Deliveries are still going slow. Still slow. Okay. I was wondering, like, because part of the issue is just space, right? They're going to have to get 
I have to make space. And Moses Lake, I guess, is it at this point. Um, yeah. Well, pretty soon they're going to have. Well, there's no space there. I was going to say they can put them up in uh, Everett when they start up that when they start building at that line. But yeah. there's no space to store anything there. Mm. Yeah. Or minimal space to store anything, especially because they got a bunch of triple sevens they're storing, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and they. I mean, they have the seven seven X stuff going on. They're doing right. flight testing of that. Yeah, it's, it seems like they have a real logistics problem. But without, no, I mean, it works better if you're actually able to deliver your aircraft. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, Cathay has an A321neo order, something I never thought I would say. Um, it's for the group. So there'll be both Cathay Pacific and Hong Kong Express. It'll be both 321s and 320neos. It's 32 additional frames. Um, remember that Cathay... Started the 321 Neo uh, operations a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. The rendering shows the Wi Fi radium on the Cathay one, but not on the Hong Kong Express one. <laughs> but, you know, accurate, but. Well, they got to get the details, man. Details. Yeah. Uh, it's nice that they actually show the radium on those, though. That's <laughs> nice. They don't always in these renderings. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's right. Cathay basically imported the. Not imported, but. Rolled that into their fleet for short haul operations. Yep. So, still, uh, it's still weird to me, just from the perspective of like I've always thought of Cathay as this like you know we fly triple sevens and seven forty sevens and now we're down to A three twenty one Neos. Well, right, they used to, they had a separate subsidiary Cathay Dragon. Yep. For regional, and then they rolled it into the single operation before COVID, even if I remember correctly. But yeah, it was like it was starting. I don't think they had like completely. Yeah, moved moved everything over, but yeah. Um, and then you compare, but they they fly in a relatively comfortable layout, whatever. And then you compare that with Latam, that's putting two hundred and twenty four passengers on their three twenty one Neos, mm-hmm. which you know they just ordered another dozen, thirteen, thirteen of them, um, for the family. Yeah, that's two hundred twenty four seats. Just a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's um, that's just almost as much as the. A350s from JAL. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, which is bizarre, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's talk a little bit about your trip. I, I want to save some of it for the bonus show. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know the thing I, wanted, I forgot to put in the notes here, but I was going to throw out there. Um, Lufthansa Group is going to be the launch customer of the Airbus Overhead Bin Retrofit Program. Okay. Which... Is interesting. They basically, they have on the new on the new Neos. Um, there's the Airbus, the Airspace XL bins, mm-hmm. um, and they are bigger, right? You can put bags on the side. Everything closes. Everything fits. Yada yada yada. The new version is the uh, the Airspace L bin, not XL, but just that regular L, I believe. They're going to put that on yeah. a bunch of their 320 family Lufthansa is, but like not all of them, and not for a year or so. There's a very, but they put the announcement out. At the trade show a couple weeks ago, so you know, yay. Um, but it was an interesting setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I guess what they're looking at is some of them will be retired, and then these are the ones that they're going to keep long enough, and it won't matter because the ones that are getting retired when the new deliveries come in will have the larger bins from the line. But yeah, it was just interesting to see it explained that way. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Um, so tell me about the, the, tell me about LA. You were in LA. Yeah. You did, you did Boston. Did Long Beach, not LA, but yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and we talked about that, I think briefly in the show, didn't we? About you getting the upgrade and all that fiasco. Yes. We yeah. did. 
Uh, and then how was Long Beach? Still Long Beachy, I guess. Yeah, I, I had an extra day there, so I actually saw the beach this time. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, there was a country music festival going on. Fitting for Long Beach, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's what I think of when I think of country music. Taco trucks were delicious. Uh, <laughs> the country music festival was pretty insane. Like a two-day, all-day, many uh, artists kind of thing. And was it was it like right by your hotel? It was down on the waterfront, and I was pretty close to like the steady stream of people back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I love that. I don't was, miss. Yeah. You know, it, good people watching. Fortunately, the shows ended at like 10 and things calmed down by 11. Mm, yeah, that's good. Um, which like the first night I got out there was actually I stayed up late. So I was getting my taco truck and whatever. And like the lines were longer because I was fighting or, you know, stuck with all that group. Mm-hmm. But it, whatever, it was fine. Um, more cowboy hats and cowboy boots than I expected to see. <laughs> Oh, man. And then you flew from L.A. to Lisbon. So L.A., London, Lisbon on B.A. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my qualifying flight for B.A. silver status. Very excited. Very um, nice. Actually, I mean, you know, good news about that. I have this flight on JAL from Narita to Boston. At least I get lounge access on that now. <laughs> so what is what is silver? Is that like... Uh, that is the mid-tier. Oh, like the middle. Oh, yeah. It's the second tier. So it's bright. It's, Base status is blue. Then you go bronze, which gets you seat assignments seven days in advance. I don't know. I still got a middle seat, so I'm annoyed at that. Uh, silver gets you seat assignment, booking, lounge access, and a couple other things. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah. you, you, I think you were telling me you were in premium economy, right, to London Heathrow. And you yeah. Were in a, you were in a middle here. Yeah. 242. Uh, that, it was fine. I was in the bulkhead. I, it was fine. How, how bad is theirs? Computer. <laughs> like um decent seat width i didn't really feel like i was like one of the people on one side of me had it like kept pushing his pillow across the little armrest thing and i finally got that sorted um flight attendants were friendly enough the footrest like there's a leg rest on the seat and it has a metal flip down footrest part you know that comes that that comes out from the front of the leg rest Yeah, yeah it like flips out um it goes like oh, say 160 degrees of rotation and then you can put your feet against it mine was broken and didn't retract it wouldn't stay closed so i think i said to share this last week with Foz on the show but like when we got off as we were as, we were, as they were closing up the plane for landing the flight attendant's like you need to put that up i'm like i can't and i flipped it up and it fell down and i flipped it up and it fell down she's like well if we have to evacuate don't trip on it <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Good plan. I'm on it. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and it was the same flight attendant who sort of saw it as we were getting ready to take off and just shook her head and moved on. But we <laughs> forgot about it in the intervening ten hours. So, uh, yeah, good times. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, we'll talk more about your trip in yeah. the bonus. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, some aviation geekery and sales stuff that I, I think is interesting, and uh, Alaska Airlines with the. Uh, getting rid of some planes. So we'll do that in the bonus show for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, If you are subscribed, stick around for that. If not, uh, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next time. Happy travels. Take care.